Welcome to Better Worlds, a podcast exploring geek culture across mediums. I'm Dustin. I'm Trevor. And I'm Matthew. Tre- uh, Matthew, not Trevor, Matthew. You shared a an article with Trevor and I um, about a video game and a star system. Would you please share about that now? So, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and now we know why I've never taken the reins in introducing things. So, I think a lot of people... It, it was a fairly prominent headline in this past week that NASA announced uh, through... Is it gravitational lensing? Is that the technique that they... Uh, basically through... Um, wait, am I saying it? Go ahead. Physicist. Uh, I'm not a physicist yet. Uh, I think that the article mentioned something about the dimming of the star, which is different than the gravitational lensing, but that is another technique that they use. Okay. I might just be conflating things there. Yeah, the the transit stuff would make sense, too, because it's a very bright background. Um, anyway, so there was that announcement that uh, 40 light years away, there is a system that has seven planets within the Goldilocks zone that would in theory, be conducive to life because it's kind of sort of like how we have Earth where it is here. Um, so anyway, this article is just showing that there is a game called Elite Dangerous that actually, through its uh, setup, is more or less a scale model of the Milky Way and people travel around inside of that. So obviously very large. But they in that game, through just kind of... Uh, not quite sheer luck because I think they had some calculation of mass and were making distribution guesses on it or something. But they, in that roughly same position, I think theirs was like 39 light years away instead of 40. They had a system that was very similar that had just been auto-generated by the game that was like the Trappist system that NASA announced. And because it was so similar, they're basically just renaming that system in the game so that people can actually go and visit it. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, reading that article, I had two takeaway thoughts. One was that the planets in the TRAPPIST-1 system are extremely close to their star. Uh, They had a a graphic that showed uh, Mercury, Venus, Earth, and Mars, the inner planets in our solar system, and their size in relation to the Earth and weight and the distance from the the Sun. And they measure it in astronomical units. And so one AU is the distance between the Sun and Earth, which is pretty Earth-centric. But uh, all the planets that they were talking about were 0.0-something AUs away from their star. So that tells me that their star is pretty dim or cool and uh an au is like what 93 94 million miles something like that i'm not sure on the kilometer distance but <laughs> it's the distance between the earth and the sun kilometers though what are well, those yeah right <laughs> a more civilized measurement from a civilized time anyway um the other takeaway is I, i'm really interested in this game now um i had not heard of elite dangerous before this uh, Matthew, do you know any? Can you tell us more about the game? Do you know anything about it? Basically, what I more or less said now is that it's a supposed to be a rough scale 
size of the Milky Way in-game, and people go from system to system. They'll take jobs to gather resources, and you upgrade your ship. You can join other players in the game and protect each other, because I think there's some NPCs. I think in certain places there's PvP stuff. So uh, basically take a job doing surveying, uh, bounty hunting, criminal NPCs, just things like that. Or you can just go off and explore as much as you want. And I think you can just take in like scan data you do from that and then sell it to a power when you go back to the civilized areas. So what you're saying is a ship will get you work, a gun will help you keep it. (laughs) I may or may not be saying that. Yes. (laughs) Uh, I was worried that it would be a lot of PvP stuff, so it's good to hear that it's not just focused on that. Yeah, I think you can avoid that, but then also, I think it's all you're basically in your ship. There isn't really a disembarking point. Mm. By the way, PvP for the listener is player versus player, so um, head-to-head playing. And NPC is non-player character. Yeah. Um, Is this the game that there was some kind of Kickstarter and people could pay massive amounts of money to get a really good ship. Do you know what I'm talking about? There was a Kickstarter. I do believe this was a Kickstarter thing several years back. I don't know the detail about paying for the ship. That sounds familiar. One of the guys I work with was talking about that a few weeks or months ago, but I can't remember the name of the game. Just be sure when you ask him about it, if you do, to say, hey, is that Elite Dangerous you were talking about? Not like, hey, were you talk- the one talking to me about ED before? <laughs> I'll, I'm making a mental note right now not to ask him about ED. So is that... Uh, Trevor, did you have any questions about that? Does the system have seven planets all together and they're all in the Goldilocks zone? I don't think they're all... It it just had a lot of planets in the Goldilocks zone. Okay. Was it 11 planets in the system? I wanted to say it was. Okay, because I heard seven in the Goldilocks zone, but I didn't know if that was all of them or not. Yeah, I think there were 11 total that they had seen. Okay. The systems can be pretty... They can have a lot of planets. So did they not name the planets that aren't in the Goldilocks zone? I don't think they named them. They don't name anything pretty much except because i think in it but they designated them it's procedurally generated so it has a like a very technical name you're being super technical about my use of the word name they designated them trappist oh yeah bcd i think that's what they're doing now yes yeah the designations that i saw there were only seven planets designated where did you see that like the entire internet the last week oh because i could totally see the internet just caring about the ones that are in the Goldilocks zone and not the outer ones. Well, I'm not saying (laughs) I'm saying that like this (sighs) for the listener, the Goldilocks zone is the area that we think, uh, an area from a star that we think, uh, liquid water could exist, I think is the, so in other words, it's habitable for, or, um, could be life-sustaining. It's just right. 
that's where so I mean so many of our assumptions on what life is going to look like are based on what type of life we know. So we're basically just looking for things like an Earth-like planet could be here, and m- I would think that there's a good chance if we ever do find extraterrestrial life that it will not conform in some way or another to how life has played out on Earth. Yeah. So I feel like my inability to ask this question does not bode well for our upcoming main topic trevor what i think uh it might be that matthew and i are misremembering and there are only seven planets what i was getting at is i i would imagine that most of the articles out there would only be talking about the goldilocks zone planets yes but my point is those articles said look here are these seven planets in their stars Goldilocks zone, they are Trappist, B, C, D, etc. Um, so is A the star? No. Or is it one that's too close? It would be one that's too close, yeah. Okay. Okay, so that, that answers the question then. Okay. There would be some outside of those bounds that they just didn't mention. Because they, they always started at B when they were describing this, and they never went past 7. So they it must be like... There are however many planets, and the second through eighth one are in that zone. Yeah, that's probably the case. Unless they... You never saw A. It was never mentioned. Okay, yeah. Which left me wondering if they were calling the star that, which seemed strange. No, they wouldn't be calling the star that. Mystery solved. Um, The reason I asked if you had seen A is because like Saturn's rings are... They have it has letter rings, but they are designated based on when they were observed, and so they don't go <clears throat> they don't go in sequential order away from the planet. They're kind of uh, skipping around a little bit. Okay. Well, all the articles that I read just talked about Trappist B through H. Yeah, yeah, that makes me think that they are only talking about the Goldilocks zone ones. Okay. Because humans are self. Centered. Which, going back to the astronomical unit thing, I wish that it was called an Earth unit. Yeah. To acknowledge the Earth centrism. Yeah. But then it would just sound like it could be any measurement that we use as described by aliens. Right. And all the mass and radius stuff on on the graphic was um like Earth mass and Earth radius. Like what percentage is it of those things? So that we it, we're always comparing it to our planet, which, I mean, makes sense, but... Yeah. Otherwise, like, you, if we tried to compare it to, I don't know, the average size of a star or something, it's so divorced from anything that humans can even kind of sort of wrap their mind around that it loses all meaning as a term for the primary audience, which right now is humans. Right. I could see units changing if we ever did come in contact with other extraterrestrial societies and they there was some sort of standardization needed trevor you were away this past week at a chess tournament i would like to hear how that went uh well this was my first chess tournament in 12 years so i did not expect it to go well uh fortunately i was in a fairly low division (laughs) um so my final score was 4-3, three, 
won four games, lost three games. So not not bad, but I wasn't playing against people who were incredible either. Um, but I hadn't forgotten everything. I did have one particularly embarrassing defeat. Um, the tournament room was set up with kind of one main corridor going down the room. And this game happened on the end of a table next to that main corridor. And so when people walked by, they would kind of, they'd be walking by and my game would catch their eye and they would kind of rub their chin for a little bit and then just kind of chuckle at my predicament. That would be so annoying. And the next day when we were waiting for pairings, uh, I had probably five different people come up to me and ask, how in the world did you get in such a horrible position? And (laughs) I had to explain repeatedly what had happened. That's a whole ton of salt rubbing in that wound. That's kind of a jerky thing to do because it's, how did you get in that position? Well, (laughs) (laughs) Um, for anybody who plays chess and is wondering what happened was I accidentally let my opponent play an opening called the fried liver attack, which is not in and of itself a horrible thing, but to play against the fried liver attack as black, you have to know the main line of the opening, like, 10 plus moves in and it looks really counterintuitive what you're supposed to do and there's almost no way to figure it out on the fly you just have to know what it is and so I let him play it and then I didn't know the proper line I tried to guess I tried to do something overly clever to get out of it and ended up just in a really bad place so and you lost oh yeah okay hard I mean most people don't like fried liver so I can imagine it being something really bad. I think that the name is supposed to describe what's happening to you. But <laughs> I, I don't really know. That's pretty gory. Or just the unpleasantness of it. I don't know. I haven't read up on yeah. that. It has a foul taste in your mouth. Clearly, I haven't studied the opening enough. <laughs> uh, but it's, I mean, it's pretty easy to avoid if you just remember, like, don't let him do that. And then, like, you never have to worry about this. But, I mean, overall, I I did okay, remembered how things worked, and somewhat held my own, and more importantly, had fun. So the piece that you're protecting is the queen, right? Well, I mean, you don't want to lose it. But... <laughs> I was pretending to know nothing about chess, and oh, then okay. I picked a piece that's actually... I should have said pawn or something. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, well, you don't want to lose it, but yeah. The joke was foiled. <laughs> yeah. So, you, <laughs> how did you lose your queen to a pawn? <laughs> <laughs> it happens. Um, but yeah, I had fun to the point where I want to do it again. Cause my dad and I used to go to tournaments all the time and it's been a while. So we went to this one and you know, there's another one here in town next month that we'll probably do. Cool. What was your most triumphant mo- moment? most triumphant moment um ah well depends on what you mean i guess okay tell you you shared an embarrassing moment i want to hear something that you did was that was good well the last round i had a game that was kind of the inverse where my opponent did something similar to what i had done just in terms of embarrassment um my sorry my opponent did something similar in embarrassment to the game i just described to you but that's not really 
triumphant for me. That's just, he really messed up. Do you ever feel bad playing against someone whenever they've just made really bad choices and you're like, in, in this particular case I did. Um, cause you know, it was, <laughs> he just messed up real bad. Um, and there was another game where I like, I was out playing the guy, but like just by a hair and then he just made a really bad mistake. And I was like, well, this, it's not any fun anymore now. Cause you just <laughs> made it easy. <laughs> um, so the most triumphant moment might simply be the first game where, um, it wasn't that he made like a really horrible mistake that lost him the move in one stroke, but it was fairly even throughout and I came out on top. And since it was my first game back, that was the point where I kind of thought, you know, I might actually be able to have fun instead of just feeling like I'm being gutted the entire weekend. So that I, the first game might be, I don't know. I mean, does that fit the question that you're asking? I just wanted to hear something that wasn't you being embarrassed. Okay. There was another game that would have been really triumphant, except that I managed to throw it away right at the end, even though I had it won. <laughs> was it like the, <laughs> to totally undercut. was it like the gif that you shared, uh, the guy that is smashing the settlers of Catan board? Um, is that what you mean by throwing it away? You just like flip the table and no, I mean, I mean, it was a hard fought game up until the end. And we had like just roughly the same number of pawns each on the opposite sides of the board. And because pawns are the best. Um, well at the end, like you're kind of trying to, if it's down to just pawns, you're trying to get your pawn to the end of the board right. to get a queen. And, um, I had the very slight edge that would allow me to be the one who promoted my pawn. And I, I just completely threw it away. I messed it up. Did you move the wrong pawn? I, well, I threw it away like two or three times there. I could have stopped it. I, I, <laughs> I wasted a move with my king, which in a king and pawn in game, you cannot waste moves. Um, so I, I moved my king thinking I needed to do one thing. And then when it was my turn again, I realized I needed to do something else. And I had to move my king back to the exact same square. But then it was too late to do the thing I was looking at. But at the same time that was going on, I also missed a couple opportunities to lock up his pawns on the other side of the board. And my dad had to show me afterwards how I could have done it. Because after the game, he's like, you won, right? And I was like, no. He was like, how did you not win? I looked at the board and you had it won. And yeah, so that even more so than the game where I just allowed myself to get gutted. That was probably more embarrassing because I actually should have won it. Yeah. He just walked by and saw your board. It wasn't like he was watching the whole time. I mean, he would look occasionally. Gotcha. But yeah, he had looked right at the end just real quick and he's like, oh, he's got this. Where was this tournament? It was in Dallas. Wow. That's really far away. Yeah. And now, you know, we don't live in Texas. The listener, that is. I feel like we basically dropped where we live. <laughs> yeah. I, he gave me a list of tournaments and I picked the one in Dallas because I have a friend there who I haven't seen in a long time. Nice. Hi, Curtis. <laughs> Hi, Curtis. Do you guys have any follow-up that you wanted to share? Nope. Hmm. I don't think so. Um, I, I wish people would email us. <laughs> 
Is that does that sound desperate enough? Please email <laughs> us. We need friends. And that's feedback at betterworlds.net. We're just so sad that you haven't emailed us. We're gonna get hate mail now. <laughs> <laughs> Better than nothing. Is it though? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> we got an email. <laughs> Your show sucks. You guys are too needy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, get to the real reason we're here. Um, it is the eve of March, we'll say. And when people think of March, a lot of times um, people think of March Madness. And that is a basketball thing. Uh, where people are really into sports all of a sudden and betting money and trying to draw lines in descending pyramids. Um, if I may interject. Go ahead. If you, as the listener, are wondering why Dustin is explaining this, <laughs> it's because he already explained this to me a couple of weeks ago when we were first talking about doing this <laughs> because I needed an explanation. So... If you know exactly what he's talking about... Raise your hand. <laughs> no, I just want to say there are some people who don't know, including two weeks ago myself. So yes, continue, Dustin. Part of the celebration of the March Madness, as they call it, is creating a bracket, a prediction of how the tournament will progress, and then paying money to have your predictions judged based. And uh, I don't know. I don't ever do that. However, another tradition of March Madness is to do other March Madness-type tournaments, and that is what we are here to do. Um, so, I have an intro to set the scene. Oh, boy. <laughs> <clears throat> the USS Enterprise-D was on a routine survey mission in the Cestus Three system. <laughs> The day was proceeding uneventfully, and Captain Jean-Luc Picard was grateful for that, especially on this day. If he could have one wish, it would be that this day would pass by as any other, unnoticed and unfettered. But, of course, he could not be so lucky. There was a flash of blinding light on the bridge, and Picard groaned to himself, Not today. Q, what are you doing on my ship again? The interdimensional being garbed in a ridiculous skin-tight suit with flowing cape replied, Come now, Jean-Luc. You don't think you didn't think that I would forget your birthday. Riker looked sidelong at Picard, eyebrow raised. Now the crew knew. Leave my ship and my crew alone. Go meddle in someone else's business. My beloved Captain Picard, I couldn't let this important day go without a celebration worthy of you, and I have arranged for something very special. I know how much you love worthless old things, so I thought a little history lesson may interest you. In ancient Earth times, it was customary to honor Caesar with gladiatorial contests. So what better way to celebrate your birthday, Mon Capitan? But mere humans battling to the death is not a worthy tribute for a hero of your caliber. No, I have something far superior in mind. With a snap of his fingers, Q transports Picard and the rest of the bridge crew to what seems to be an abandoned Earth city. Q, we don't have time for your games. Don't worry, Jean-Luc, you and your crew are not in danger. Rather than having you fight for your lives, I decided to pit some of ancient Earth's greatest heroes against each other. All I ask is that you sit back and be entertained. Now, let the games begin. I'm here all week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Man, I did not expect this. 
<laughs> that was so much more involved than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I feel creative and I do crappy jobs of writing stories. Actually, that's the very first time I've written any story of length. So we are having a superhero tournament. Um, some of the base rules is that the heroes are going to fight to the death or to incapacitation, hence the uh, gladiatorial fight. Uh, we are going to use generally accepted powers and abilities, not just uh, one-shot powers that they may have had in one-shot story arcs. Uh, we are assuming that e each combatant will have an equal amount of time to prepare. Um, this is mostly to prevent the people who would say that given enough time, Batman could prepare for anything and win any fight. Um, but while equal time is uh, is granted, that doesn't mean that each character will would use that time. Um, and they are fighting in, as noted, a an abandoned Earth city, Chernobyl, after... Well, I mean, this is just a... What's the... Hologram. Yeah, like a hologram type deal. It's not really Chernobyl. So... The, isn't there a... The, there's a thing in Star Trek... That has a name. Holodeck. Holodeck, yeah. Is it in there? No. He it, Q can make things like that. Okay. Oh, yeah. So it's an illusion. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. He's basically omnipotent. Tricks? Tricks? What you... Illusions, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> that explains why the final countdown is playing through the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> Cue that music whenever. Cue. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, uh, oh, so yeah, I I was interested to see that Chernobyl actually has inhabitants. There are 704 people that live there. I wouldn't want to. I like that our rules stipulate the evacuation of the 704 <laughs> inhabitants, even though we've established that it is an illusion of Chernobyl yeah. and it's in the future. Well, so Trevor way to point out that I haven't changed the rules since I made the story. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Wait, but then why was it in Chernobyl? Just because I liked the idea. Oh, okay. So yeah. Anyway, um, I am anticipating some complaints from listeners. If you submitted a superhero and it's not in this, uh, fight, then that means one of two things. One, you submitted it after we recorded, or two, you submitted a crappy choice. So <laughs> we didn't use it. No apologies. Your submission was terrible. <laughs> but we, w if you ask, we will tell you in every case it was that you submitted it too late, just to... <laughs> yeah. We definitely didn't reject except for you steven <laughs> that was what i was gonna say <laughs> shark boy and lava girl <laughs> not real heroes anyway uh none of us as far as i know have done any research so we're kind of just winging this and going off of what we know already um and we're being pretty unbiased except for trevor <laughs> i'm not biased <laughs> yeah you definitely didn't declare someone a, a winner already I did my research, that's all. <laughs> oh, so you did do research, okay. Yeah, Tr Matthew and I haven't done... So you're calling Dustin a liar, huh? <laughs> <laughs> the noive! <laughs> nice. All right, uh, hopefully by the time that you're listening to this, you've had a chance to look at the 
tournament bracket and create your own uh, predictions. So let us proceed. The first, can I ask some clarifier questions on the rules? Oh, that's uh, yeah, that's a good point. Go ahead. Okay, how incapacitated do they have to be? Unconscious or immobile. Yeah, they, they can't fight anymore. Immobile, okay. You could be conscious, like, for, so if someone's super crazy powerful, they might not be able to be rendered unconscious, but in that sense, they could be immobilized, and then they'd be considered no longer able to fight. Right. Okay. Now, give me an example of a one-shot power that would not be eligible for this contest. Oh, well, no. Hold on. I know that they happen. I just, I wasn't thinking of a specific example when I made that rule. Okay, so it's just to cover our bases. Say, basically, yeah, there's just no trump card that you, like, one person's going to be able to use. Like, for instance, um, in the crossover... DC versus Marvel event, I know that Superman took Thor's hammer, so you can't say that, oh, well, Superman has Thor's hammer, too, and the, all the powers that come with being Thor, so. Was Superman used? Oh, yeah. My gosh. Okay, but see that, okay, that's a different thing. They did that wrong. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm just saying that would be an example of a one-shot power that... Okay. But I'm going to throw out just... We, no. We, just for clarification, for anyone listening... The hammer goes to, like, the person who has more control over it can control it. So Superman couldn't just take Mjolnir and do whatever he wanted with it. Thor has better control over Mjolnir, could summon it back, and Superman couldn't use it. I just want to get this off the... That's a dumb thing. (laughs) So, like, when Captain America used Mjolnir, it was because Thor was dead, right? Spoilers. Well, I mean, like, these people die all the time. What movie was that in? (laughs) Fear itself number five? Thor actually had the Twilight Sword, I think. So he was not, it. like, he was occupied. Okay. Thor wasn't trying to do anything with the hammer. And, like, okay, a good example is that... Maybe it was the clone that was dead, because I definitely remember seeing a body. In my defense, I did not read Fear Itself 1 through 4. I only read 5. Odin arguably has more control over the hammer than Thor, and he can, like, take it away from Thor whenever he wants. That's true. Was it number five, Matthew? Seven. Seven. Okay. That's what I get for guessing. So did you read five or seven? Seven. Okay. I read, <laughs> I read whichever one Matthew handed me, <laughs> as I do with all comics. That, that's a good policy. It might have been just for that one splash page. Yeah. So should we get to the first match? Oh, uh, one other clarification. The way that we are judging the matches is we're going to have some time of argument. And by argument, I just mean discussion. In this scenario, are we the bridge crew on... <laughs> I just worked hard on that story, and I'm sure it doesn't show that I worked hard, but uh, <laughs> I wanted to share it because I had put some time into that. It was pretty well... I mean, it was lovingly crafted. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't nearly enough Jean-Luc, but... <laughs> I'm not good at dialogue. Anyway, um, we are basically uh, Matthew, Trevor, and Dustin discussing superheroes at this point i wasn't done with my clarification question (laughs) (laughs) since i am in fact myself if i was like Riker, i probably would not still be asking these questions but i am trevor so i am you'd also have a a kick butt way of sitting in a chair i was assuming trevor would be data (laughs) thank you wait who would i be i was assuming jean-luc okay okay good (laughs) 
Okay. Um, equal time allowed for preparation. Is there a set amount of time for preparation or is that simply to indicate that there's no like ridiculous amount of preparation involved? Right. That the latter it's, it's to say that, so we're not saying like, well, they got three hours and like Batman totally could have built his, um, like anti-aero bomb or whatever. (laughs) It's, uh, (laughs) it's to make it as even a fight as possible. Okay. Without giving one party a major advantage. Okay. Curse you, Batman, and your anti-aero bomb. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go on. Question number four. <laughs> Does the environment play into the fight at all? No. I chose Chernobyl because it's urban, but also it's surrounded by kind of overgrowth in nature. Um, there's a lake nearby, so I was trying to pick an area that had lots of different elements to it. Okay. What about the the radiation? The radiation is not an issue because they're superheroes and, you know, it's And it's a recreation. What about the giant bugs? It's a recreation by Q where it's filtered out. Right. What about the giant bugs? It's a recreation by Q where it's filtered out. There's no giant bugs? No giant bugs. Nope. Poor recreation. Um also no squirrels. I it's weird that Q was oddly specific about that. <laughs> Uh, they have their ways. Okay. <laughs> oh, if we're doing this by super fight rules, which we are, the basic build of super fight is that you have an arena that supports both combatants without lending advantages to either. Like you can't just say like, "Oh, you one of your combatants is a shark; it's going to drown on dry." Like you just have to kind of assume that they there isn't a. It's kind of the same as one shot powers. There isn't anything in the set up where they're automatically going to lose based on where they are it's like the old bear versus shark problem where like they have to stage the fight in a shallow a pool that's like deep enough for the shark to swim around but shallow enough for the bear to walk around i have never heard of this ah yes the old bear versus shark problem that we that we've been debating for centuries (laughs) who's been debating that Aristotle. I I feel like there might be a movie or something, but I do not. <laughs> I, I don't actually know anything about this. Bear versus shark is a movie. I don't know. That's silly. I I don't actually know. I just remember reading about this online. It might have been a scenario made up by some message board. I just let's move on. <laughs> okay, so the environment supports both combatants. Yes. Okay. Or it doesn't uh, favor one combatant over another. Got it. Um, so we will be voting after the discussion okay, to see who wins. And how much time is allowed for each discussion? As long as it takes. Really? Okay. Um, and then final question. We want to do this right. Did you guys prepare your brackets like you were supposed to? No, we didn't prepare our brackets. We weren't <laughs> supposed to. I really thought we were supposed to. Well, okay. In all honesty, I did anticipate that we would but i did not have time to do that i went into this objective (laughs) to let the (laughs) argument presented sway me but i also did i i haven't yeah anyway we have created a bracket and i would encourage the listeners for their own enjoyment to go to betterworlds.net slash podcast slash six and get the bracket and fill out what they think the results will be and then see how it plays out. See if, um, see if they came to the same conclusions we did. Well, I've got my team Batman t-shirt on. I'm ready to start this. 
What about you guys? I'm wearing a gray t-shirt. Also, bet team Batman, okay. I'm covered in a living carpet of squirrels, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, do we want to tell people the roster up front or just... not? No, let's just go through each battle. This is the first round. Uh, battle number one, Kitty Pride versus Wonder Woman. Go. Should we, we should probably just throw out basic power stuff yeah, in case yeah, people. Yeah, definitely. So Kitty Pride is one of the X people. Um, actually, is a fairly established person now, and I believe is maybe even leading a team. Um, her power is phasing through things, intangibility. She can make other people intangible, that sort of thing. Wonder Woman is uh, she's an Amazon. Uh, she's very strong. She has super strength, uh, a degree of invulnerability. Um, she's skilled in combat, um, good reflexes. Don't forget the lasso. Yeah, she has uh, some weapons, a shield, a sword, a lasso of truth, um, and some bracers that have never been broken. Yeah, the bracers like magnetize bullets to them and deflect them, basically, right? Uh, something like that, yeah. I mean, it's not magnetic. It's whatever. Magic. Right. Does the lasso work on honest people? The lasso would be useless against an honest person. They're already going to tell you the truth. So is it useless or is it just doing its job? <laughs> it's not forcing them to do something they weren't already doing. Yeah. So, can I mean, what does the lasso actually do? I might not be clear on this. She ties up villains with it and then if they're like, I ain't saying nothing, lady, and then it... I also think that it can't... It's... uh. It's not able to be broken. I don't know if it's completely invulnerable or just really, really strong. Um, but, I mean, can she just tie people up right. or is it only for, like, interrogations? No, I mean, it, she uses it sometimes for interrogations. But she could just tie people up. Fun fact, the person that invented Wonder Woman is the same guy that made the polygraph test. Oh. And who later had to do a congressional hearing for <laughs> questionable things with early Wonder Woman. Anyway, that's another discussion for another day <laughs> yeah i'm so curious now um so was he and, and no anyway so kitty pride <laughs> versus wonder woman <laughs> so well, i have one more question about wonder woman in certain games if you have a high enough charisma score you can actually be more powerful against the opposite sex does wonder woman as an amazon have any increased strength against men that she would not have against women such as kitty pride I have not encountered that in my readings. Okay. Yeah, I think the only time that the gender thing comes in at all is that, like, men aren't allowed on her home or, or homeland. And that's, she's not there most of the time, so. Okay. And they're not there in Chernobyl, obviously. Right. Well, until the next round. Yeah, she's not a Wiles-type character. She'll just beat the crap out of people anyway. Yeah. So, I guess, um, is there any way that Wonder Woman could land any blow to Kitty Pride. If if Kitty Pride can just phase through anything that she wants, how does she ever lose any fights or anything like that? As someone who's not read any X-Men comics. Um, psychic attack. That's really her only weakness? I mean, maybe not only weakness, but that would be the predominant way you could get to her. I'm not seeing how Wonder Woman can do anything to her. Even if the lasso would 
hypothetically work on Kitty Pride, she could just phase right out of it. Right. Like, even if Kitty Pride did nothing else, she could just phase every time Wonder Woman attacked her, and Wonder Woman might eventually wear down. Right. My thought is, like, Kitty Pride could easily immobilize Wonder Woman by jumping at her, phasing her under a rock or something, or, like, a lot of rocks, maybe a mountain. That's what I'm imagining, too. Just phase her legs into the concrete or something. Um, My thought is that this would be a battle that lasted for quite a while because Wonder Woman can't really land any punches if Kitty Pryde can just phase whenever she wants. And um, if... I don't know. I'm, I'm imagining Wonder Woman swinging a fist, not that she punches a whole lot, but, I don't know, striking at her and then Kitty Pryde fa- like phasing and then weakly punching her in the face. Uh, so I don't imagine Kitty Pride doing a whole lot of damage, like physical damage to Wonder Woman, but not a lot of physical damage versus no physical damage <laughs> doesn't seem to support Wonder Woman, as sad as that makes me. Well, she doesn't even have to cause damage. She just has to manage to do a few things really quickly together. Dodge grab her and then face her into the ground right does kitty pride have heightened reflexes or is her is the extent of her powers just phasing um i mean at this point she's gone through a lot of training and does have some like hand-to-hand skill but yeah she there isn't a heightened power reflex thing okay so since uh wonder woman has heightened reflexes and speed like it's not like she's a speedster or anything, but is it possible that she could um, avoid Kitty Pride's onslaught of phasing if she sees it coming? What do you mean by seeing it coming? Kitty Pride a lot of the time will like go into the ground and then rise up, grab someone by the ankles, and like pull them down through something, and they never can see that attack coming. Hmm. So here's another thing that might make it harder for Kitty. Um, the, what are those things called? Uh, you're going to have to be a little more specific. The, the things Wonder Woman wears. She wears a lot of things. The things she wears on her wrists. The manacles or the bracers? Bracers. 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 What are they made out of? I am not sure what material they are. Would Kitty be able to phase through them or would the punch basically land when that hit her? Um, she can phase I've never encountered, like, a material she can't phase. According to Wikipedia, the density of some materials, such as adamantium, can prove deleterious to her phasing and cause her to be disoriented or experience pain hmm. if she tries to pass through them. Um, Wonder Woman's equipment is made by Hephaestus, and so it has some kind of divine element to it. Here's my counterpoint. There was some point when some crazy cosmic thing launched basically a giant missile that was going to hit the world and blow a good chunk out of it or something like that, kill mutants or something, anything like that. Kitty Pride literally grabbed it and phased it through the planet and then was stuck inside the missile and presumably died at some point and then came back. Because X-Men never die. They're just like, they have a one of those revolving doors out of death. Can you tell me again where the missile was from? I have no idea. I just remember reading this was a thing. It was some... No, I... I. It wasn't... Was it a terrestrial missile? Oh, no. It was some, like, 
It was some alien or foreign <laughs> power thing like that. By foreign power, I mean like the, I don't think it was the Shi'ar, but it was some, one of the non-Earth political powers. Even if that metal was something she couldn't phase through, I think she could just use that as a point of contact to phase Wonder Woman into the ground. So I'm, well, I'm ready to vote. I don't know. I, I'm ready to vote. Okay, but let me just say something. I I don't think that Kitty Pride's combat skills make it an automatic that if she were to punch at the bracers or something and not be able to face through it, that she would just have the uh, clarity of mind to grab it and then throw her through the ground. Like, that seems awfully presumptive that Kitty Pride is a better fighter than Wonder Woman, which is not true. She's not a better fighter. I just think she wouldn't, but she doesn't usually go for like fist fights, especially when she can tell she's outclassed. She'll phase into the ground, grab them by the boots and pull them down. I don't know. I would see her playing sneaky and Wonder Woman would be more about a head on assault. So are we ready to vote? Might as well. I want to just say up front that I don't have high hopes for any of the DC characters on this list. <laughs> so, uh, Matthew, what's your vote? Kitty Pride. Trevor? Kitty Pride. I will say Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman loses two to one. The next fight is fight number uh, is a fight between The Flash, Barry Allen, and Steve Rogers as Captain America. I know that The Flash is really fast. Is there anything else about him? What? Um, he can break the laws of physics because he can run faster than light. He can time travel. Uh, he can phase through objects. Um, he's resistant to telekinetic or telepathic attacks. Um, and he has lightning punches. Like he can throw energy bolts and stuff like that. <laughs> I hate the speed force. Oh my gosh. But, but like lightning punches by the, that he's just really fast. Okay. So I'm kind of biased. I really hate super speed as a power because it seems like it's too easy to turn it into a trump card kind of thing but it sounds like he has even more annoying attributes than i realized because he's drawing it all from the speed force which is a <laughs> the personification of everything you hate in a thing that anyone who is super fast draws from in the dc universe and what are what can captain america do just because we want to we want to get the powers out there for the listeners um he never gives up he is a very good leader he has lots of charisma. He has an indestructible shield. He's really strong. His shield defies physics. He's very handsome. <laughs> and he has bested a helicopter in hand-to-hand -hand combat. Considering the helicopter doesn't have hands, that shouldn't be too difficult. <laughs> Did that? Does that mean that he just piloted the helicopter? <laughs> He's also very good at giving inspiring speeches. Yes. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> There's no bias involved here at all. I best my car on a daily basis in hand-to-hand -hand combat. <laughs> I always beat my car. <laughs> my repair bills are so high. No, <laughs> no I'm just um, saying, like, when it comes to hand-to-hand -hand combat, there's no match to me versus my car. Okay, so here's here's my pitch of how this goes out. They 
meet each other in the arena and they are getting ready to fight. And then Cap makes an appeal to the Flash's better nature and gives an inspiring speech (laughs) about how they shouldn't be fighting. And um, the Flash seeing the reason in Cap's (laughs) beautiful moving speech um, phases himself into the ground and <laughs> gives up. <laughs> okay, whoa, whoa. I was with you up until the Flash giving up. Because of all the contestants here, I think the Flash would be the most likely to say, you know what, you're right, we shouldn't fight. And just, like, be friends with the person. But now that you say he's phasing and giving up, no. Oh, I meant that thing about the being friends, but then neither of them, what happens in that scenario? Based on our rules, there's... I literally watched one video in preparation of this, and it was a video where the Flash at the end was like, you know what, let's just be friends. (laughs) (laughs) He's the best of us. But it made sense in the story because he saw some lights or something. Anyway, um, (laughs) the the video that I watched was the Flash versus Green Arrow. Um, with the idea that it might help inform me on this matchup because I, I just imagine having this discussion with a flash fan and then being like, well, he's super fast. And then anything you say that captain America does, they're like, Oh, but he's super fast. He'll just be faster than whatever. So, um, I watched the green arrow video to kind of try to get a feel for it. Um, I don't know if I actually helped. But it did end with them becoming friends. <laughs> Who was winning up until them becoming friends? Uh, the Green Arrow got him a headlock, and then they flashed some colored lights at him, and he, like, snapped out of whatever. Oh, you actually watched the television show. I watched a video online from the television show. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> so wait, did the flashing lights work because he's, like, secretly epileptic or something? I think he had been like brainwashed or something to be evil. Yes. And then the green arrow like came in to help them like reset him or something. Okay. So it was still the flash, not like the reverse flash or something. Right. Right. But he, it was not himself. Anyway, they became friends. Um, the green arrow was beating him though. I think is worth mentioning. Um, it involved various explodey arrows and, uh, I think like right at the end, he fired some arrows and the flash caught him and then he just like threw an arrow to the leg or something. And for some reason that worked. I don't know. Yeah. It's also partway through season one. <laughs> I'm probably really annoying any fans of this show uh, because they remember yes. this scene. And I, I do indeed remember the scene and all the rest of that episode. Okay. Anyway, we're talking about the flash versus Captain America. We are indeed. And um, Captain America has super strength, and the Green Arrow does not. Okay. What, you mean the Flash? No, I'm saying, like, so this is a more difficult fight than the Flash and Green Arrow. Like, it's that, I'm just saying that wasn't a very good comparison, I guess. (laughs) Because it doesn't matter. Let's just... (laughs) Okay, let's vote. So you guys are thinking, no, let's not vote. I don't feel like we've really discussed anything other than their powers. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I'm, like what is even happening here. We've just discussed their powers. That's all that's happening. And you talked about the TV show and how, yeah. 
Sorry, did I talk about that too long? No, I'm just recapping what has happened. <laughs> okay. I tried to give the one scenario where I thought Captain America could potentially... I don't... How is Captain America going to win this? <laughs> With inspiration. Yeah. Okay, so Trevor, I... I have a fundamental problem with saying the super fast power is annoying, so let's just throw that out. Like that seemed like you were getting at like that you are just annoyed with uh, speedsters, and so uh, anyone who would counter, but he's super fast, is just annoying. No, I'm annoyed. I'm not saying that we should have him lose this matchup because of that. I'm saying I'm annoyed because I don't understand how there's going to be any argument against him going to the top and winning simply because he's really fast. There are. Okay. I want to hear them. Okay. Because I don't want him to win the whole thing. I don't see that in this matchup. Okay. Personally, but. My my bias here is that I don't want the Flash to win, but I don't see a way out of it and I want to know the way out of it. That's kind of where I was in the last matchup. <laughs> I do think Captain America is very good at using situations, and he might think of a way out of it that I wouldn't, but I, I want to hear what you have to say. I wish that, uh, well, let's think of um, the Age of Ultron when Captain America was, did he ever fight Quicksilver in that? I think he just got punched a lot, and then Quicksilver lost interest and went somewhere else. Did Captain America land any punches or do any harm for, to Quicksilver? Oh, no. Hmm. Interesting. But that's actually, actually, you bring up an interesting point. Part of Cap's formative leadership experience was running of the second iteration of the Avengers, where he had Quicksilver, the Scarlet Witch, and Hawkeye as like junior members that he was training and pulling in line. So maybe he has some um, unusual insight into the pluses and minuses of how speedsters work. Something that would overcome his speed. It's a different type of speed, so it's not like an inherent right. ability. He's drawing it from a magical speed force. I mean, how is that practically different for this matchup? Um, I don't know. Is there any way to like sever the connection to the speed force? I'm sure there is, but not with vibranium. Wait, vibranium? <laughs> no, no, you bring... <laughs> The vibranium could totally do... Oh, goodness gracious. The vibranium negates vibrations. So he's he couldn't phase through the shield. That's one thing. Ah, okay. hold on, yeah, hold on, that hold wasn't on. Oh, my even... gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> oh, I clicked on something that I thought was going to remind me of what happened between Captain America and Quicksilver and Age of Ultron, but it was a video clip, and it was really loud because of how I have my headphones set up, and oh, my gosh. <laughs> Okay, I'm okay. Maybe the if the shield hits the flash, <laughs> it will be vibrating at a way that like negates his speed because it's vibranium. I don't think that that would sever his connection to the speed force. <laughs> <laughs> it would give him a headache, but he a uh, wicked bad headache that then a wicked bad headache that lasts for thirty seconds because he has. 30 seconds is all Cap needs. Oh, my goodness. I was being <laughs> extremely generous with the length of that headache. Do you guys have anything that you... I'm really trying to remember what happened between Captain America and Quicksilver. I don't know. I thought he just got punched. <laughs> he gave inspiring speeches and got Quicksilver on his side. 
eventually. No, they fought on the ship, didn't they? Which ship? Oh, on like the the rusted out ship. But didn't everyone basically get mind controlled there and they Yeah, but the reason that Scarlet Witch took over is that I think she didn't like how it was going. So it's not like Quicksilver swept it. I think he was doing poorly and so she stepped in. He had limited room to maneuver in there though. So let's vote. It really sucks that we don't re- we should really remember this. I'm not remembering it being anything that's decisive on it. Well, we have no information to vote on. (laughs) Yeah, we have no information to vote on at all. That was sarcasm. I'm okay with voting. I don't, I can't vote. You can't vote because you don't know how in this one movie Captain America did against Quicksilver. I don't know. In the one example that I have of him going up against a speedster, I don't remember what happened. And nobody okay, has presented so in what, any arguments what, one way or the other part, for who would do better in the situation. <laughs> I d- I can't believe this. What part of the movie did they go? Did he fight with Quicksilver? I think they fought on the ship. In which case, everyone was getting their butt handed to them. So no, he didn't do anything to Quicksilver. <laughs> How is what Scarlet Witch did a minute later relevant? I'm just saying that whole scene. They were being beaten. So. Who was? Oh, no. Quicksilver tried to grab Thor's hammer. And couldn't carry it. And and couldn't do it. So that, like, knocked him into a wall and basically took him out of the fight. There, I don't know if he actually ended up fighting Cap at all. It was. Yeah. The fight was going well for the Avengers. And so Scarlet Witch stepped in and made them all see things. Okay. You're right. Cap probably punched. Uh. Quicksilver so hard that he was severed from his speed ability and (laughs) (laughs) I seem to remember Captain America getting annoyed and calling Quicksilver son at some point but like clearly my memory is not clear on this point oh and that son was such a withering son that he just (laughs) lost his will to fight well what I'm saying is I feel like we owe our listeners more than I don't remember this you know? Yeah, but we also owe them a decision, not a, I can't vote because we don't remember this. No, it's not that I can't remember that that makes me not able to vote. What makes me not able to vote is that no arguments have been presented. We have, we've tried to come up with a scenario where Cap would beat the Flash, but that scenario is, in my mind, extremely lacking. So how is the argument more interesting than just the Flash is really fast, therefore he wins everything? Why are we even having this conversation about all the others? Okay, so here's here's a scenario. Uh, Q snaps his fingers, Captain America and the Flash appear. The Flash runs around Captain America really fast and makes a cyclone and throws him up in the air. Or he could just make a cyclone and suck the air out that Cap was breathing and Cap passes out and is incapacitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a possibility too. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to vote that the Flash is going to win this whole thing and the other matches don't even matter because super speed is the best. I, <laughs> wow, Trevor. Do you see why I hate no, super speed so no. much? I'm, I don't understand why you are just giving up all of a sudden. Because I can look down this list and there are several that I don't know if the Flash could beat. In this one situation, you're just going to say, oh, super speed trumps everything and let's... No, I'm saying the reason I don't like super speed and... This isn't sudden. I've felt this way for years. The reason I don't like super speed is that in any matchup, whatever you say the other person does, 
the person who likes the flash is going to respond, well, he'll just do something faster before they could do that. Okay, Trevor, do you have a scenario where Cap wins this? I don't. Why not? Is it because super speed is so... But I also don't have a full explanation of what the situation is. Like, I I don't have an explanation of how the Flash is even remotely interesting as a character because he <laughs> is a trump card manifested. I mean, I guess it's possible that Cap has so much stamina that he can outlast any hit from the flash multiple times and eventually the flash will start to decohere and be absorbed into the speed force which is what happens to speedsters in the dc you when they burn out <laughs> okay what would happen hypothetically if just to try to make this actually interesting because i don't feel like anything is like being thrown out there um what would happen if because we don't have six other first round matchups to talk about what would happen? <laughs> We're on our second matchup. We're doing fine. Um, <laughs> second of 15 total. <laughs> what would happen if the Flash ran into the physics-defying shield at full speed? Like, what would happen to him? He would bounce off of it. Or disperse. Because that's what happens to other things. Would he fall flat on his back? Would he that's stop? That's typically he what I would expect. Bounce backwards and go backwards in time and then beat Captain America anyway? No, he wouldn't. Like, what? Uh, it, what? Exactly. That's my point. Wouldn't there be a big explosion just on a physics level? I would imagine he would bounce off of Cap's shield and land on his back, skidding for, for many meters, and then get up. Or, I don't know, maybe Cap would then jump on top of him and decapitate him with the shield. <laughs> Are you just trying to make me happy? I'm just... <laughs> okay. Okay, I guess we're going to vote. No, I'm just... I'm trying to give you what you want, I guess. An actually interesting fight? Because you're you're wanting to come up with an interesting fight and some way that the speed isn't factored into this. Well, the problem... Like, I'm trying to imagine an actual fight instead of just, well, the Flash runs around really fast and, like, that's it. Um... And so I'm like, well, like maybe Captain America could like make him run into the shield somehow. But like, even if he tried that, the flash is so fast, he would just stop and not run into the shield. So I'm asking what if he did run into the shield, but it it, it doesn't matter. So, I mean, one of, one of flashes, um, nemeses, I don't know. Uh, one of his villains is Captain cold, a man who doesn't have powers, but has a freeze gun. And so that seems to indicate that, People who are not speedsters can get the better of the Flash. Has Captain Cold ever actually won? I don't know if they've <laughs> fought like that. No, I'm sure that no villain has ever, in the in the grand scheme of things, supremely beaten any superhero. And you're probably going to come up with examples that I'm wrong. I'm fine with that. But overall, the point of a superhero is that the good triumph over the, the evil. I'm just saying, like, there, there'd there be no point in having him if he didn't at some point get the better of the Flash. Okay, so my hang-up here is, since I'm not familiar enough with the stories about the Flash, I don't have examples of him having interesting, balanced fights, and I don't have examples of him losing fights. My only real experience of the Flash is hearing people have arguments about which superhero would win a fight, and it's always just the Flash is really fast, the end. 
That's my problem. I, I don't have these examples of him losing fights or being in balanced fights. He's a, he's a lightweight. Like if, if Cap were to land a punch, that could knock him out. Like, but how does he ever land I'm a punch? Just, <laughs> jeez. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm, just I'm asking since you know more about the Flash, how would he ever land a punch? I don't know. I haven't read any Flash comics, so I also don't have specific instances of him being incapacitated in a fight. But I'm sure that that happens as just one of the basic constructs of comics. I guess you could argue that Cap would know that he has a lot of like he see he would he's a master tactician so he would see that he's clearly outclassed on a speed level and he would try to get into a closed quarters area where speed is not going to help with maneuvering a lot and then maybe in there he could I don't know that that's my contribution would close quarters actually mitigate that though if he can't run and move around a lot I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've already spent way too long on this one because we're not doing time limits. Let's just do a vote then. Um, but I mean, like, I feel like we've only argued about whether or not the fight is interesting, but we have hardly had, <laughs> like, I still feel like we... I don't I don't know that the fight being interesting is even a a, a qualifier. Like, it's not a, a requirement. And yet that's all we've talked about. That's not my choice. Whereas with Kitty Pride and Wonder Woman, we actually talked about like, well, what if like this happened and this happened, but like for, we can't get to that point with Flash and Captain America. And I'm trying to ask if we can get to that point and I'm just being told no. Okay. We've tried. I feel like we've tried. I have nothing to add. I I am honestly at a loss for the hang up on this. Well, you don't want me to vote for Captain America. No, I don't care if you because vote because I like him and think that he Trevor. is a master technician. Trevor. But you don't want me to vote for Flash simply because I think he's super fast. But that's all we have to go on. I don't think I ever said that I didn't want you to vote for anyone at all. Like it's your choice. I'm okay. So let's start this scenario over: the Flash, Barry Allen versus Captain America, Steve Rogers. Maybe Cap would let the Flash knock him, like, on the ground and then act a little more hurt than he was. And because the Flash is a nice guy, he would be like, oh, gee. And he, like, maybe Cap would play up the age thing, like, pretend he's older or something. Um, He would be like, oh, geez, are you okay? And, like, bend over to look at him. And then he gets smacked in the face with a shield. I mean, I could see the Flash not going full bore trying to beat. I don't think it's in the Flash's character to try to just utterly demolish an opponent. Um, and so, yeah, if, if uh, Cap was feigning more weakness than he actually has, then I could see that lowering uh, the Flash's fighting uh, effort that he's putting in and giving a little bit more of a an advantage to Cap. Trevor, do you feel like we can vote at this point? Um, or do you have questions? I feel no different than I did 30 minutes ago. Okay, so let's vote. Uh, Matthew? <sighs> um, come back to me. Okay. Dustin, what do you think? I'm going to vote for Captain America because I don't want to have this discussion again. <laughs> I also vote for Captain America. All right, he wins. I vote for the Flash because he... He wins two to one. Is annoying and wins everything. Except for this fight. Nope, Captain America knocked him out with a shield.
Okay, next up we have Batman versus Green Arrow. Neither of which have actual superpowers. Uh, they both are very rich playboys who rely on techie gadgets to uh, do their thing. And the Green Arrow has a boxing glove arrow and an atomic warhead arrow. <laughs> yes, neither of which would be wise to use in this scenario. But um, I would want initially. I wanted to say that Batman is probably a better martial artist, but I don't know about that. Um, because Green Arrow is also Green Arrow is kind of like another Batman <laughs> in the DC universe. So I'm kind of at a loss as to who would win this one. What do you think, Trevor? I'm not terribly knowledgeable about the Green Arrow, but it seems like there are a lot of similarities between the two characters. Like Dustin said, they're individuals with gear. And while the Green Arrow has some impressive arrows, I feel like Batman has a much wider toolkit which could very possibly include ways of disabling some of those tools that Green Arrow has. Um, Green Arrow, I don't know, he might, does he have any arrows that would like disable Batman's gear? Ooh. Um, mm. Does he have like an EMP arrow? Oh, I'm sure he has an EMP arrow. Yeah. And this is kind of where the planning gets, comes in. Yeah. And I, I'm not even talking about planning. I'm talking about the standard toolkit. I feel like Batman's is still, probably going to be a lot wider. Yeah, yeah, probably. But like Hawkeye, Green Arrow has an arrow for whatever plot area he needs at the time that he needs it. Right. Um, on Wikipedia, in Skills and Abilities under Green Arrow, it says, unlike most vigilantes, Green Arrow is a poor combatant compared to martial arts experts such as Batman and Black Canary. Oh. However, he is a capable brawler and is able to take down most common street thugs. I want to throw out something that, again, this is going to trend into the not a lot of time for preparation thing and the argument that Batman can win anything prepared. But as part of his backstory, I think you have to accept he's a part of the Justice League. And I believe that he ha already, being a part of the Justice League, has a plan to take out every member of the Justice League. Yes, he does. So I think we could say that he has fairly developed strategies for taking the Green Arrow out already in place so it doesn't even matter if he just had a little bit of prep time he's had years of but maybe he underestimates green arrow i don't know maybe that could help out the green arrow yeah that though kind of feels almost cheating to say like he has a plan already that he doesn't need prep time that to me seems like that's giving him extra prep time i mean maybe his plan is just to beat the crap out of him i don't know do you need it? Because you don't really need a specialized plan to take out someone who's a masked vigilante, I guess. Because, like, you need a specialized plan to take out the Flash. But, well, in theory, you need a specialized plan to take out the Flash or Superman or something. But Yeah. I feel like if this battle were to take place at nighttime, I would feel much better about Batman's stealth and um, being able to cause uh, Green Arrow to miss his shots or something based on tricks. And if it's in the daytime, I feel like that would be less likely. Batman does have armor in his suit, um, but I don't know that it's... It's not necessarily 
like bulletproof or anything like that. Green arrows probably got armor piercing arrows, right? Oh yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm just saying like even even just an arrow probably wouldn't be stopped by his armor. So, but it it would depend on what again, his armor is part of his his gear. So, the thing is I think Green Arrow would have a lot of things prepped and be able to respond to the situation very well. I think Batman's going to approach it like a chess match. Yeah. So he's going to have some I don't know what that is that accurate. You're the one tell tell me how he would win. <laughs> you are better at Batman. I don't know how either of them would win. Is my issue. Green wouldn't the Green Arrow run out of arrows eventually? Eventually, yeah. But that would mean he'd have to miss. Wouldn't Batman run out of batterings? Yeah, he would, but he doesn't re- repl- uh, rely primarily on projectiles. <laughs> like the Green Arrow, that's his thing. Right. He has to have arrows. Batman doesn't. Can his bow break down into kind of like a blunt fighting instrument? I think he uses it as a fighting instrument, yeah. But even then, I don't think that if it came to hand-to-hand combat, I think Batman would win. I'm thinking with Hawkeye, like his bow, he has bows usually that can break down into kind of like clubs. Yes, I think that that's probably a similar scenario with Green Arrow. And Hawkeye is actually a master with lots of weapons, so he just primarily uses a bow. Yeah. Here's my theory. I think for raw combat effectiveness, it would be pretty easy to make a case that Batman is just a stronger version of Green Arrow because they're both people with gear and punches and like batman is better combatant he has a better toolkit he has less reliance on that toolkit if something goes wrong with it uh, he could sneak up on him and stuff i i just don't see the case for green arrow coming out on top mm-hmm. green arrow also has like a goatee and batman could pull it <laughs> <laughs> they both have very husky voices from what i gather yeah i get that from reading the comics too okay i'm ready to vote Okay. Matthew. Batman. Trevor. Batman. Dustin. Batman. Okay, wow, that's our first uh, unanimous decision. Well, two would have been unanimous if I could have voted with my heart. I don't understand what you mean there. I like Captain America. I believe in him. But I felt like, to be unbiased, I had to vote for The Flash. Oh, oh, you mean battle number two. I thought you were saying two, two, two votes would have been unanimous. Yeah, okay. no, (laughs) That makes sense okay um the next matchup we have is black panther versus scarlet witch oh boy i misread this i was thinking it was black widow for some reason oh (laughs) this is oh boy um this is actually a rough one (laughs) yeah i'm gonna rely on you guys because i i don't know you guys need to sway persuade me okay black panther um wears armor is one of the top i don't know what is it four or five smartest people alive um has multiple degrees in advanced stem subjects is uh has vibranium armor has lots of vibranium projectiles and they don't hit upon this in the movies that much but in marvel the vibranium eats other metals away so that's he has essentially metal not saying it actually helps in this case but they essentially like metal corrosive things that just so like whenever they transport vibranium unrefined in marble it's always in stone containers now there's lots of stone that has metal in it so i don't know but that's how they always justify it um and he also embodies the spirit of a panther god 
Why, why do they use stone containers and not wood? <laughs> I thought you were going to ask a question about the panther god. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm on board with that. <laughs> so he's, and he's very well trained in like hand-to-hand fighting, but the panther god gives him like a supernatural side to his powers too. So there's, and I think he has like occasionally that gets written in different ways. So like sometimes he'll have like night vision or something like because a panther would or I don't know. Um, and then Scarlet Witch is a reality altering mutant, but she what, what can she do? Um, it initially was just like hexes that the basic version of which just changes the probability of something. So they would argue uh, there's lots of things in like classic stuff where someone's firing a bullet at her and then there'll be narration that says like the probability that a bullet's going to stop mid flight is one to some huge number. Um, and she changes it so that the odds are now it is going to stop in flight. Like she'll just, it, it was initially just little things like that. And then later on, they kind of like got that to her powers advanced when she had like mental breakdowns and she could utterly rewrite reality. Um, and now she's not quite at that level because I think that has to be like she's fairly unstable. <laughs> um, but yeah, so a lot of it's ba- it would look like telekinesis can move objects around, can change the way that the physical properties of what's going on would act and defy natural physics. In the MCU, she basically has telekinesis and can turn enemies to a fine mist. In the in the comics too, she's a magic practitioner. So eventually, she gets into using like actual magic spells, like Doctor Strange would use. Does Black Panther have any particular relationship with magic? He's not trained in its usage, but I think he understands its nuances. Like he he's not a he's a student, not a practitioner. If that makes sense. But the Panther God doesn't like grant him magic immunity or anything. No, unless someone tried to screw around with the panther god connection. Okay. So she couldn't sever that connection. If she tried to, I think it would bring the... It would either, like, strengthen him or bring the panther god part to the forefront where it would mete out justice. <laughs> um, because it's it's looking at him as, like, the avatar, it's champion on Earth kind of thing. So I don't know if she's stronger than a primordial force like that. So I don't know. But I think she would. She's fairly savvy about like. Primal deities, so I don't think she would screw around with that part. So maybe it's a non (laughs) conversation like they both would respect that part. I don't know. The thing is, Black Panther is also very uh, like part of his character. This is why I have a hard time with this. Part of his character is that he will hang back and analyzes the situation and will come to the best way for like he's I, I don't know <laughs> it kind of almost verges into the batman argument that like oh well he's he can come up with a solution for any of this but i don't know he in a lot of cases he's even when he's in like a room with tony stark or um hank pym or mr he's usually the smartest guy in the room and that he doesn't get into the heated arguments with people and then he'll pop up with the solution while everyone else has too much ego in it, if that makes sense. The way I see it, 
if he can get to her, he's going to win it. The question is if he can actually get to her or if she will have a way to keep him at bay. It's also worth noting that he's one of the Illuminati, which is a group of all the smart and or powerful people in Marvel that basically got together and took care of things that were problems. So like, for instance, in the Civil War thing, the Hulk isn't there. That's because the Illuminati had said the Hulk's a problem and captured him, put him on a rocket and shot him deep into space. Does that help his fight against Scarlet Witch, though? Um, in the sense that that just seems like a fun trivia thing in the it is a I'm using it as a case study that like they've they've looked at all the things, even their allies that are potential threats and might have, um, I don't know, that it could be something he's prepared for in one way or another. But that goes to prep time again. But it almost hits the same argument of I don't know. So for me, the big question is, can he get to her? Because it seems like if he could get within striking distance, he's definitely going to win hand to hand. But I don't know if he ever gets that chance. What do you guys think? Sounds a lot like a previous battle. <laughs> I mean, I, I have my opinion and I'm ready to vote, but. Um, there's also, yeah, I don't know. It kind of goes into the same like argument with Batman. Like he could be very stealthy and hang out in the shadows depending on time of day or so that could help with the getting to the Scarlet Witch. But yeah, I don't know. It seems like she has him woefully outclassed. But at the same time, he would definitely win if he could get to her. So I'm just I'm having a hard time seeing how it plays out. And that's why I'm asking if you guys have any input. It's also worth considering that there are Avengers of similar seniority. So there's a possibility that if he knows he has to win the fight, he talks about that and plays that up and she lets him get close. I'm not sold on him winning. I'm trying to give him a fair shot because I would agree that power wise, he's completely outclassed. But I think he knows he's completely outclassed and she has at least some emotional connection with him. I don't know. We can vote. <laughs> I don't. I'm torn on this one. Matthew. I want to be able to say Black Panther. However, I think I have to vote Scarlet Witch. Trevor. I will repeat, I don't know how to vote on this one. Okay. I was thinking Scarlet Witch as well, so your vote is irrelevant, I guess. I do want to throw out that I think it's actually much closer than we're arguing, and you could, if there was a fight and you told me it came out the other way, I would not be surprised at all. And that's why I'm torn, because I'm imagining it being easy to say Scarlet Witch, but at the same time, I can totally imagine him winning. What in, in your imagination of him winning, how does he do it? He gets close enough. How does he get close enough? By stealth. Pouncing. <laughs> he would use the environment to stealthily get up to her, or like I said, appeal to the emotional connection from both being longtime Avengers. And while they're talking about that, he slowly advances. That'd be one way to do it. But yeah, I would vote for her as well, I guess. All right, Scarlet Witch wins. Our next matchup is Falcon versus Squirrel Girl. <laughs> and yes, for the listener, Squirrel Girl is a superhero. An awesome super. <laughs> uh, yes, she has a big bushy tail, buck teeth, 
the proportional strength and speed of a squirrel. <laughs> she has a friend named Tippy Toe, who is an actual squirrel, but she can talk with Tippy Toe because of her squirrel powers. And she can also command an army of squirrels to do her bidding. I think that about sums it up. Falcon is a guy. <laughs> I don't want to say in a falcon suit. He. <laughs> 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 um, but in a falcon suit he is captain america's longtime sidekick he has wings and can fly and has a psychic link with a falcon named red wing or is it a hawk it has to be a falcon but he's red okay anyway <laughs> let's presume <laughs> is it a red tail hawk that's what i'm thinking but it's like that doesn't make sense no it's a red wing falcon <laughs> um and actually this is not making this up <laughs> Wait, so in the not movies, it's actually a falcon? It is actually a falcon, and he has a psychic link with it. Okay. And apparently, I didn't know this until a couple years back, he has some weird psychic, and they don't use this at all anymore. He has a, since he took on different roles, um, he has a psychic link to be able to somewhat control nearby birds. I don't know where that came from at all. Maybe it's just an extension of the hawk thing or the falcon thing. <laughs> if it's not something that they use anymore, it sounds like something we shouldn't consider. Well, I mean, we can't go with... We're not going with... Per rule number two, I mean. We're not going with who he currently is, though. We're doing him as the falcon. We can't... I, real, I realize that he's... Yeah, okay. All right. But as falcon, did he, through the run of being falcon, have the telepathic ability to control birds? Yes. Okay. And to clarify a statement that was just made, uh, we contemplated using his Captain America persona, Sam Wilson, as Captain America, which like he has like the shield and the wings, so he's kind of like almost both at the same time. We we thought about doing that to get more people onto the roster, basically, but we decided to go with Straight Falcon. Matthew, when you said they don't use this anymore, I was thinking that it was like for a while in his history as Falcon, he had that ability, oh. but it's no longer an ability that he has as Falcon. No, they just don't do it because it's goofy. Because he's America. not. Okay. Okay. That was the I, it's, it's kind confusion. of a, it's a goofy ability. And I think it's limited in it. Like he couldn't control like all birds in the tri-state area or something. He would. Well, we definitely don't want any goofy abilities no. in this matchup. <laughs> Only the most serious. Um, And Falcon, I don't know if you guys know this. Um, Part of his Sam Wilson's, non-superhero background is he's a social worker hmm. did not know that so matthew opening arguments for the matchup well let's say they meet each other face to face um i don't know if they've ever actually interacted with each other um squirrel girl would probably be pretty happy she's usually pretty peppy and would probably be pretty happy to meet the falcon uh, <laughs> uh he I I don't think he he's like middle of the line in terms of fighting skills like he's not completely terrible at it but he's not super highly trained so um and I don't know what I don't think she has a ton of training so probably in that sense like just utter fighting ability he might have an edge um however she has a big bushy tail now <laughs> uh and he can fly so maybe they're well but she's fast so that's where, I don't know, he's got a little more vertical maneuverability, but she has she has an edge on speed in, turn, in raw terms of speed. 
her army can be eaten by his army. But he doesn't usually have the army we established. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Didn't we? Now I'm confused because we just said that he has that ability well, in, as Falcon. Yeah, he has that ability, but it's only not all birds are going to eat squirrels. Like most of them are just going to be right. birds. But that... I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> and like, okay, oh, the, like even if we're going to get really grim on this, a even a very voracious Falcon is only going to like maybe be able to eat two or three squirrels tops and it's going to give up and it can't fly. This is. The worst conversation <laughs> I've had all day. Betsy, don't listen to this part. So what's to stop a a bird from, or a falcon from, instead of eating the squirrel, just flying up really high and dropping it? I, and keep in mind, I have a, a question I want to ask about... It, he has very... It's Like I said, it's kind of limited. He can only control a certain amount and in a certain radius i think squirrel girl can basically just like command all squirrels like there's no limit to the number of squirrels she could bring in yeah and she defeated wolverine with nothing but squirrels does she have a telepathic connection to the squirrels or she just tells them because she can communicate to them um oh i've just started reading the comic and when she wants the squirrels to come help her she begins shouting in the squirrel language yeah so that tells me it's not a telepathic connection um Betsy tells me that Tippy Toe also helps relay commands and acts as a sort of general. Okay, again. So that would help with the organizing factor. But again, not a telepathic connection. Not that that really matters. I just was curious. Um, I am aware that there is such a thing as Squirrel Girl defeats the entire Marvel universe <laughs> or something like that. How does she go about defeating people? Because you said she's not a good fighter and she just gets squirrels to... Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, the something I saw from a, a recent run of, I think, involved like the Avengers coming at her because maybe they were mind controlled or something. And they just kind of blacked out and she was standing atop their bodies. So <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't show at all how she was victorious. Right. In, in my research, I found that most of the time that she wins a fight, they don't show how. Um and that's kind of the the ongoing thing with her is she wins the fight, but it just kind of shows the end and that's it. Jeez, I don't know how what's to stop her from winning all of this tournament. We might as well just declare her the winner because speed or I'm sorry, wrong, wrong hero here. Uh, squirrels and <laughs> squirrels are overpowered, except there's actually arguments to be made. Um, so as far as I know, she has beaten beaten using loosely dr doom thanos and galactus <laughs> yeah how though yeah she defeated Gal she defeated galactus by befriending him and convincing him not to eat the world um for thanos it did not actually show the mechanism de of defeat i don't think it did involve stealing armor from iron man so that she and tippy toe could fly to the moon that was like one of the original original appearances of her like super that no that's in the current run no like there's totally a thing from back in the day like wait no sorry wait uh no that's i'm saying it might have happened in the current run trevor i'm thinking of galactus sorry i'm thinking of galactus wait now i'm all mixed up the stealing iron man's armor was like i think where she first showed up and fought dr doom that's in the she steals iron man's armor in the current run though that i'm saying she could have done it multiple times i'm just i'm sure she has <laughs> but i'm talking about when she flew to the moon using it but now i'm kind of mixed up because um 
the thing that I was looking at earlier today, it definitely shows her taking a selfie on top of Galactus's body. But then I was also informed that she defeated him by becoming friends. So um, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what happened there. And the thing where she defeated Thanos was several years ago. So I, I haven't read that one. Cover art doesn't necessarily reflect what happens in the comic. I'm not talking about cover art. It's it's in like the first few pages. Oh, okay, my bad. I want to throw out, um, just as a, I just want to throw out as a reminder of, well, as a vindication of my guilt for voting not for him. Um, not a vindicate. Okay. Anyway, out of the people we've actually talked about already, one of them did have a hand in legitimately in universe, not only defeating Galactus but repurposing him. Um. And that was Black Panther. He was on a team that did that. That's I'm just throwing that out there. Okay. We we kind of need to stay focused, though, on the fights. I know. Um, so the way I see this playing out, Falcon and Squirrel Girl, she has basically unlimited Squirrel Army. Um, I think they could easily bring him out of flight. They could. But how? Flying squirrels. Possibly disrupt his suit <laughs> as well. And once he doesn't have flight, he's kind of just a normal guy. So... I definitely see this going, well, I'm not supposed to vote yet. What were you saying? <laughs> okay, I don't see how squirrels can bring him out of flight. I realize I'm being a big naysayer. I like Squirrel Girl a lot. Um, I've started reading the first of the Ryan North uh, editions, and it's very delightful. I recommend the the listener to check that out. But a squirrel army seems, I don't know. If you get enough squirrels and Falcon swoops down to try to actually do anything, I think they swarm him. And either they swarm him enough to bring him down or a few of them get on board and start pulling wires and stuff. Okay. Thanks. I also do want to point out, and I don't know if <laughs> it kind of just goes to the blank screen thing again. There was a point where she and Wolverine were kind of going to fight and she surrounded him with the army of squirrels and he just kind of made a like i'm not doing this again like type comment and just gave up immediately <laughs> so <laughs> okay there is some ferocity implied with her usage of squirrels but again that kind of just I, that's almost maybe tangential because it does just get to the off-screen winning thing again also worth mentioning her name is the unbeatable squirrel girl <laughs> right that yeah anyway <laughs> <laughs> I had a question. Oh, geez. Oh, does Falcon not have any weapons? He just flies around with his mitts and... In the movies, he has some SMGs. Yeah. Um, In the comics, I think eventually... Like, initially, he just flies. Like, that's, like, classically. And then he upgrades his suit to be able to throw, like, red feathers. Like... Okay, so he would have to swoop down. If we're going comics, he would have to swoop down to fight her. He couldn't engage from a distance. Yeah, there would be... He might be able to throw the feather, like the... Okay. The ener I don't know. It varies if it's like metal or like energy feather yeah. type things, but there's... Okay. That makes a lot more sense now. Uh, I'm ready to vote. Trevor, are you ready to vote? I am. Matthew? Yes. Okay, Matthew? Squirrel Girl. Trevor? Squirrel Girl. And I also vote Squirrel Girl. So our unanimous ones thus far. No, wait, we were all unanimous on Scarlet Witch. Never mind. 
I was going to say, it's going to be funny if it's just Batman and Squirrel Girl. Were... I don't think Trevor voted for Scarlet Witch. Oh, he didn't? Okay. I kind of did. Okay. Next up, we have Nightcrawler versus Spider-Man. These guys are pretty well known. Do we need to... Nightcrawler teleports. I don't think we need to explain Spider-Man. Nightcrawler is an X-Man who um, has a slightly demonic-looking appearance, but he's actually very gentle and um, surprisingly very Christian. One of like, the few characters and i don't know he does that and um his main ability is that he can teleport and he it just looks like teleporting he basically runs through another dimension and pops out in a just equally displaced length in our dimension so um he can the limit on that is he can only teleport to places usually that he's can see because he won't do it to a place he can't see because he might rematerialize in the middle of something and that would kill him um he can also stick to walls just like spider-man can and um he i don't know if they play this up much i know at least classically they talk about how he's really good at blending into shadows like he becomes almost invisible if he's in a shadowed area oh and he's a trained sword he's very good with swords and he can use his prehensile tail to also use a sword he's that good i think this is a surprisingly interesting matchup um spider-man's main strengths i think are agility mobility and the web using his webbing for either increasing his own mobility or decreasing his opponent's mobility and i think that teleportation would outclass spider-man's mobility and his webbing's strengths when I was thinking of this matchup, I was imagining a hand-to-hand fight between Nightcrawler and Spider-Man. And Spider-Man has faster reflexes, I'm assuming, than Nightcrawler, but Nightcrawler can bamf around him, which would make it hard to hit, you know? Right. And Spider-Man can't get him stuck down, because if he webs him, he just teleports out. Right. It does go back to the Flash and Captain America type thing, though, where Spider-Man is considerably stronger than Nightcrawler. So if he does manage... Oh, physically stronger. Okay. Yes. That's true. Like, he has a lot more strength. And what's the... Oh, and see, the thing is, I was like, Trevor's right, in that if he did get webbed up, Nightcrawler could bamf away. Um, So that really kind of negates that part of it. But then Spider... I don't... I'm trying to think how the Spider-Sense would play in on it, because he could use that to predict where nightcrawler was teleporting out of so that's part of nightcrawler's thing is that once he disappears no one knows where he's coming back um but spider-man would be able to because he can i don't i'm not recalling them actually fighting but with other teleporting things like that he's been able to like sense where someone's going to come in and avoid it okay tell me more about the spider sense because that's not what i was expecting from that i thought it was just like he has really good reactions um they some people talk about uh, some writers poise it as like a limited precognition um okay that he isn't like precognition normally being like someone gets a vision of something that's about to happen and he doesn't get that it's more of an impulse but he can usually get like severity and direction of where it was so he would know there's something bad about to come and hit him in the back of the head and has more than enough reflex to avoid the hit is it good enough that he could use it to predict nightcrawler's destinations 
for an entire fight or would he be right maybe like 50% of the time? Um, it, he, <sighs> predicting is the wrong, I, predicting makes it sound like he knows he's going to come out and, I mean, not predict, I don't, I don't care about the specific terminology. I'm talking when Nightcrawler teleports, how much of the time is he going to know exactly where Nightcrawler is going to come out? Is he, is the sense fine tuned enough that he's, that he would know, for instance, where to punch Nightcrawler every single time? Or would he know like half the time or would he not know quite specifically enough where to punch. I think that the the level of speed it's on is that it's enough that he would be reactionary and could avoid any hit from Nightcrawler, but he isn't going to be able to plan out an attack because Nightcrawler's teleporting is too, like, that would happen too fast for him to be like, I'm going to, like, he could try to punch in that area. I don't know how well it would connect. Um, to use a uh, in-comic example of reaction speed, he has been able to catch bullets using spider sense. Not all the time, and he doesn't like doing it <laughs> because it can end poorly. And Nightcrawler can wield three swords at once? Yes, and he's very good with them. <laughs> okay, I'm ready to vote. Oh, actually, I have a question. Is Nightcrawler able to teleport someone else with him? Um, Yes. So he could theoretically bamf up to spider-man somehow just as kitty pride is able to uh catch wonder woman unawares catch spider-man just touch him and bamf him into the other dimension and then come back into the other and just leave spider-man there um i don't know if he leaves people i don't that's a really good question i mean because if he's going into another dimension and then coming back into our own i don't see what would stop him from leaving like just dropping spider-man off in the other one well he does he is fighting someone who sticks to things all over his body yes he can like just that's just an inherent nature of his suit no spider they they'll show him like he can hang out uh, like using his back (laughs) on like if he wants to stick to something he's sticking to something okay so like does anyone ever punch spider-man and then they just can't get their arm away (laughs) is like because that's a serious thing has does he ever get in fisticuffs and people punch him and they don't stick to him i think it's a what he wants to do thing and in most cases when someone's punching him he doesn't desire the i think my point being is that if he was teleported into another dimension he knows that's the only way to get back out is through the guy who teleported him in he's not letting go so I'm not sure the teleporting to the other dimension and being left there is going to be a an immobilization strategy. Let's let's go ahead and vote, uh, Matthew. Oh, I think it's pretty even. I'm gonna give just based on um, the even though I I think Spider Sense is an interesting thing. I'm gonna give it to Nightcrawler just because of um, good hand to hand combat. Trevor. The third sword has me convinced it's Nightcrawler. You can only dodge so many swords. <laughs> oh, geez. Um, Matthew, I am surprised how often we have voted the same way. I was not anticipating that, but I also vote Nightcrawler. Yeah, I thought Matthew would go Spider-Man on this one. 
just because no i was trying to present information on it i doesn't mean i'm oh yeah no no i mean just because you know more than us about spider-man's strengths i think it's a fairly interesting matchup yeah i don't know if it's ever actually been done so the next matchup we have is thor odinson versus victor von doom as iron man so i want to give a little bit of background to this right now uh Tony Stark is not Iron Man, and I'm that's as much as I'm gonna say on that part. Uh and the closest you have there are two Iron people ish, and the one who is Iron Man is Victor Von Doom. Um a Victor Von Doom being aka Doctor Doom, who no longer wants to be a villain and is trying to be a hero in so like if you kind of blend Iron Man armor with the look of Victor Von Doom, that's how he looks. Is the other person the Iron Lady? She is Iron Heart. Because that movie was not what I expected. And the other Iron person is a fairly new character who's not been in any movie. I'm just rolling my eyes at you right now, Trevor. You guys don't appreciate my jokes. <laughs> I did not actually see the Iron Lady because I knew it was not an MCU. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'll cut that out. No, that's fine. <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's ever they, they they've specifically avoided trying to even make an Iron Woman or Lady. I know you're, that's not what you're saying at all. So, what did you say she's called? The Iron Heart. Iron Heart. Iron Heart. Okay. So, how does Victor Von Doom as Iron Man differ from Tony Stark as Iron Man? So, I, how much do either of you know about Doctor du- or Victor Von Doom? Zero. Basically zero. So, interestingly, he. Yeah, he normally wore a mask because he's horribly scarred. He's no longer, due to circumstances, no longer is horribly scarred. So you see his face a lot. Just slightly scarred? He's not scarred at all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but he's... I don't think you're ever going to have a, a comic book storyline where they're like, fantastic news, we've developed a revolutionary technology that removes 98% of horrible <laughs> scarring. Um, he... Is very well studied and accomplished scientist. Um, is again like one of the smartest people in the Marvel universe. He and this is something I'm not sure a lot of people realize. He's also an incredibly skilled magic. Like magician sounds <laughs> illusions, Michael. It just sounds he's incredibly skilled with magic. Like he could go toe to toe with Doctor Strange if he he has gone toe to toe with Doctor Strange. Um, he has gone literally into hell and fought off demons and <laughs> um, to rescue his mother's soul. Like, there's just a ton of. He's very well versed in like the magic, mystical side of the Marvel universe. So he's actually a. So what you're saying is he's a mama's boy. Oh, what you're saying? He's a mama's boy. Um, he didn't want his mother tortured in hell for all eternity, so that made him a mother's boy. <laughs> Mama's yeah, boy. Mama's boy. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I guess that is impressive. Um, he, so he's right now, kind of like adopting the Iron Man persona as a like he's trying to be a hero, and he arguably is much more effective than Iron Man because he's not at I don't know he's not as reactionary. Oh, can I actually uh, throw out my favorite Doctor Doom story? Is it pertinent to the matchup? Yes, it will be. Okay, go ahead. What you were about to do, do quickly. Okay. So there's a point where he has um, the Purple Man, who is one of the, 
who can mind control everyone uh, and is deeply feared. He has him locked up and the purple man's like yelling at him. Like if you didn't have me locked up, I'd be able to take you out and no problem whatsoever. So doom just says, all right, goes into the cage, turns off all of his fancy gadgets and just says, go ahead, try to mind control me. And the purple man can't do anything because doom, like honestly his, if he has a superpower, it goes more towards that. He's just incredibly strong-willed. So even like one of the most powerful telepaths could not mind control Dr. Doom because he's has a ridiculously strong will. And do we need to explain Thor? Yeah. He he can control lightning and he's got a heavy hammer. He can fly. No, no, he can control thunder. <laughs> Sorry. Then what's all this thunder that's <laughs> storms? He can control storms. Yeah. Um okay, both. And he can fly. Uh, he can't fly. The hammer flies. He can fly with the hammer. Yes, that's. <laughs> I didn't really care about the mechanics of it. Okay, but I'm just saying, like some people, <laughs> he can only fly while holding a very heavy hammer, which isn't so heavy for him. But, <laughs> um, the and the hammer can't be picked up by anyone who isn't worthy. Question: Is Victor Von Doom wor- uh, worthy? I'd say in this guise, he's trying to be worthy and is nowhere near it in <laughs> whatsoever so no so i uh thor could just drop the hammer on him like on his toe and back away um he probably has enough spell to be able to teleport himself out of that or at least like not move the hammer but move himself and he'd still have ranged weapons even if he was stationary that's true i forgot that he's iron man too um, what would prevent Thor from calling lightning into Iron Man's suit? Um, short circuiting it. A, a, there's technological shields built into that. So like he could do that, but then also any number of spells could deflect lightning. So you're saying that Victor Von Doom is more magical than Thor? Um, in a sense, yeah, he has much more mastery than Thor. Thor's in that realm and would be immune to some levels of magic, but he isn't really like a magic user himself. I was going to say he has a magic hammer, but like Loki would be more the one on a spell level. I imagine that Thor and Dr. Doom have fought before in the comics. How has that generally gone? You know, I cannot think of any instance where they actually fought. Dr. Doom usually... He, okay, Doctor Doom has fought the Avengers, but I don't feel like the scent when I know that he has that Thor has been there because Thor's like really flaky with being on the Avengers, and he normally fights. Has he fought the X Men? Because I'm trying to think like how did Storm fight? <laughs> um, he normally fights Fantastic Four. Like that's his that's his thing. So I I'm he's a one trick pony. <laughs> he's not a one trick pony, but. Um, <laughs> But he's a one-trick pony wearing an Iron Man suit <laughs> and who can do magic and has an incredibly strong will. So um, there you go. But, so here's something I could – I would think that he would – he's another one of those people that would – he'd be a lot more analytical in the fight than Thor would. Thor would just go full-out force, probably try to take him down. Um, and I think I could foresee Doom doing something like using – a teleportation spell and getting Thor's hammer on the other side of the planet, which depending on how, but he can't lift it. No, but he, Oh, you're saying with the spell, the spell would just 
like he'd wait for him to throw the hammer spell hammer goes in the portal closes the portal and then thor is just left as a bruiser i think they have shown that he doesn't need the hammer to control a storm but like that could i could see that being negated by um by like magic use what percentage of the time does thor throw the hammer in a fight <laughs> like like in the okay refine your question like the percentage of fights or like okay his first attack <laughs> usually the hammer what are the odds that he's throwing the first like <laughs> 85 like 85 <laughs> percent chance that he's throwing the hammer as a first attack as a first attack Jeez, this guy usually like whenever the event he's the Leroy, he's close to being leroy jenkins on the avengers like Usually if they're talking like, no, we've got to do this, he's like, I've had enough of words. Ah, and then the hammer goes. <laughs> so he's like, he's just overblown. Everybody thinks he's so powerful, but he's really just kind of a dummy. Well, it depends on who's writing him. Hmm. I, it, I feel like he would, in this specific instance, like somewhat underestimate Doom, and that really helps out Doom. <laughs> hmm. Also, I... Yeah, I don't know. So what's Doom's play? Um, okay, how do we... <laughs> um, this is actually something we should have... I don't think we want to do this because it's kind of a, a cheap thing. Classically, Thor, if he's apart from his hammer for um, one minute, reverts to his mortal identity. But I think when we're saying Thor Odinson, we're kind of assuming he doesn't have a mortal identity and he doesn't always. So that's kind of a... Maybe a question we should resolve. Does he have a mortal identity? No, we'll just go with his uh, Norse what Asgardian identity, I guess. Um, so what's his play? What's Doctor Doom's play? I'm sorry, Iron Man's play. <laughs> Iron Doom. <laughs> Iron Doom. They should have done that. That's I don't know why they didn't do that. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just thought it was. Um. I could see so it I don't see him like necessarily winning a fight. I could see him immobilizing Thor. Like using again various like just because he it's hard, well, the way they do magic is hard to they can like basically do a magic spell to do anything but like repeatedly dropping like a mountain on him or something. <laughs> or just even using like stuff around the environment and moving it over. I feel like Doom has a good, def like, can defend against anything Thor's going to throw at him, and at the he could drag the fight on and even just wear Thor out. How quickly can Doom conjure a spell? Pretty darn. Conjure a portal. Like, it, they... So it wouldn't be a problem for him to conjure a spell while the hammer is in mid-flight and have it go through the, the portal? No, it wouldn't. Okay. Would Doom in this scenario be allowed to conjure an army of squirrels? <laughs> Probably, if he thought it would help him. Okay, let's not explore that. No, that's that's prep. Okay, <laughs> let's let's go ahead and vote. Okay, uh, Matthew. I think in this case, I have to give it to Doom. Trevor, this one's tough. Um. I actually put Thor in my bracket, but I'm going to vote for Doom. I dislike both characters. 
very much. <laughs> and so um, every time I think, oh, I might vote for Iron Man, then I think, no, I can't stand him. But I can't stand Thor either. I am going to vote for Thor just because. <laughs> Flip a coin. It doesn't really matter anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. Do you hate either of these characters as much as I hate the Flash? I. <sighs> the answer is no. Okay. No. But no, I'm actually curious. Do you? I just find them. I I don't think I would ever get into such a frothy rage as you did <laughs> over any superhero. Um, so no. Remind me but to bring Thor, up... <laughs> or Iron Man wins. Sorry. The final battle we have is Martian Manhunter versus the Atom. Martian Manhunter is a Martian who hunts men. <laughs> um, just kidding. Wait, really? I actually am not sure why they call him that. I'm assuming he was kind of like a... Uh, I've always just assumed he's a bounty hunter type thing. Okay, the more you say, the more I think you're actually talking about a character from the X-Files. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, 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 not him. Martian uh, Manhunter is... he's He is a Martian, and he has like... It's basically just all of the features of the Martian race in DC, right? Yes. So that includes telepathy, um, shape-shifting, and density control. Ooh. Which is kind of like... A, a lot of things. That's kind of like a shape-shifting. Like, they kind of roll that into one power. He can shape-shift. He can become intangible um, and phase through things. Den as you said, density-shifting. He can fly. He has regenerative healing. He's strong, fast, durable. He's pretty intelligent. He is the the strongest uh, telepath in the DC universe. Also, all the other Martians are extinct. That's why he's like the last Martian, right? Well, I think even it, as compared to other Martians, he's better. Okay. Just reading from the Wikipedia page. Um, it says that he can, he is capable of reading the minds of all inhabitants of earth at once, which you know, seems kind of OP, but I don't know that he would do that on a regular basis. And that might be a one shot time uh, ability. I think he would be one of those people who, for the it's sense I have of the character, is that he'd be respectful. Like, he wouldn't go or... Yeah, he's a very honorable character, but he has formidable powers. Yeah. And the Atom is a physicist. <laughs> the Atom is a physicist, yes. He can shrink uh, down to the subatomic level, I believe, uh, and still maintain his um, proportional strength. Not proportional strength, but like... <laughs> so he good news he's far weaker <laughs> no no he's like he maintains his strength even when he's smaller uh so if he were the size of a bacterium he could still lift a penny is what we're getting at with that um it's kind of how they play ant-man in the movie in the marvel movies yeah like he he retains normal human strength Okay. While at the size of an ant. Yeah, thanks for clarifying that. But he can go smaller than an ant. Okay. Adam can. So something that's tiny and being able to hit with a lot of force is pretty... Yeah, okay. Right. I um, 
I don't see how Adam can win this just on the telepathic abilities alone of Martian Manhunter. Um, I, I'm assuming Adam's first move would be shrink. And then you think, well, he, uh, Martian Manhunter can't, or John, John Johns is his name. Uh, then John can't find him. But, oh, he's a telepath, and he's an extremely strong telepath, so he would be able to find him and control him. And I, It doesn't seem like there's much of a, a battle here, to me, at least. Does the Atom really differ from Ant-Man in any practical way other than not having ant armies? He goes smaller. Okay. Like, I think he can... And he's a physicist. <laughs> um... Okay, let's clarify a couple things here. The original Ant-Man is Hank Pym, who is a biochemist, and so he's not, like, dumb by any means. No, but physicists are better. <laughs> also, the Adam, I think, just learned how to change sizes. The, Hank Pym literally discovered a particle and named it a Pym particle that is essential in all size changes throughout the entire like entirety of size changers not that this really matters to this fight though <laughs> that's true well it it does simply for me understanding the atom because i don't like i i don't think i'd heard of this character before we put together our roster mm -hmm. um, so my only frame of reference is how is he different or similar to ant-man <laughs> i i don't think he uh grows larger I, I don't know about that, actually. Not until the big fight scene, at least. <laughs> <sighs> no. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'll stop tormenting you. Okay. I, I think that, yeah. But yeah, Martian Manhunter is looking pretty good in this. They're, I would say Adam and Ant-Man are fairly similar, but Adam can shrink smaller. So even if the Adam's like shrinking and dodging attacks and whatnot, I think eventually Martian Manhunter would change into something in the environment and just hide and wait for the atom to get close enough to him change back and punch him out or something yeah could the atom go to the size of an atom and then go up martian manhunter's nose into his brain and then go back to full size he he could yes but but that wouldn't necessarily kill him because he could shape change like if he realized quickly enough that and remember he's going to be locked onto his thoughts. Okay. But yeah, I was going to say that would be a way for Adam to win because I, I doubt that I, I think he can shape uh size change fairly quickly. And so I don't think that Martian Manhunter would recognize that he's growing inside of my brain. I need to phase change okay. in time for, to stop that, you know? Um, but at the same time, I I don't see how Adam could... I, I think that uh, John would just find him telepathically and control him. The Martian, Trevor, the Martian Manhunter's name is John Jones. John Jones? John Jones. Well, his his human persona is John Jones. I'm pretty sure... I've always... Well, maybe it's... I've just pronounced it as John Johns. It's J apostrophe O-N-N, J apostrophe O-N-Z-Z is his Martian name. Oh, I'm thinking from like the, I, I'm pr I could be wrong. Yeah. His, his human alias is John Jones. Okay. But his actual name is John Johns. I think I was going to say, uh, it I, might be pronounced Jones. I, I'm, I could be wrong. 
if listener, if you know for sure, please let us know. I was just going based on what they said in like the Justice League cartoon. Ah. But I feel like most of the time people just said John. I mostly just think it's funny that an exotic alien has the most like common English name possible or something that it's spelled weird, but it ends up sounding like the most common English name possible. Now I'm looking up online. I can't help but take it as a reference to John Carter. His name is John. Should we vote or do we need to discuss this more? Well, I, now I'm, I need to look up how to pronounce it. <laughs> but we asked the listeners and we know that one of them will email us. Well, I don't trust them. They don't email us. <laughs> I want. I really want a listener now to email us and be like, it's pronounced Steve Roger. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. Okay, let, we'll vote. I can't find anything right now. Trevor. I'm going to go with Martian Manhunter. Matthew. I have to go Martian Manhunter, too. As do I. Martian Manhunter wins the fight. Which sets up an interesting battle in the second round. Unfortunately, we're not going to do that tonight. As we had planned, we, I mean, we had planned on doing the whole tournament. We've surpassed our... Um, target time. Yeah, target time. So, listeners... By quite a lot. By quite a lot. We will conclude the tournament in our next episode. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what the... Absolutely. Roster is for next week. Okay, so in the second round, we have Kitty Pride versus Captain America, Batman versus Scarlet Witch, Squirrel Girl versus Nightcrawler, and Iron Man versus Martian Manhunter. Some of these are interesting. Iron Man as Victor Von Doom. I think I got six out of eight so far in my bracket. If you want to fill out your own bracket, uh, you can go to the show notes at betterworlds.net slash podcast slash six, and you will find a link there. Although, I hope you did that before, but I mean, if you want to, but you could do it for next week too. Yeah. So. Trevor, did you have Captain America winning in the first round? I did. <laughs> I want, I mean, I felt like he should win, but I also felt like I couldn't vote for him. It, okay. <laughs> if that makes, nope. makes no sense, but yeah. we're just going to fly on by that one. I got everything except I had picked Black Panther and Thor instead of Scarlet Witch and Von Doom. Hmm. Interesting. The system is rigged. So those, my mind was changed on those. My mind was changed on those. On match two, I thought that one of you would give me a compelling reason that I could vote for Captain America. That's why I kept pushing. And we couldn't find one, but for some reason he won. <laughs> you couldn't give me a good reason, but you guys voted for him. Because we didn't want to deal with the Flash anymore. That we didn't want to deal with Trevor anymore, it's, to be clear. <laughs> My work here is done. Yeah. That is apparently how you win matches is just be incredibly obstinate. I do want to throw out that even though I, again, the, the Scarlet Witch and Black Panther is such a toss up for me. It would have been a really weird, like a really interesting fight to see Black Panther and Batman. Yep. That's kind of what I was hoping for. Yep. It would have also Kitty Pride and Flash, but which is, but yeah, that wouldn't be interesting at all. Nope. <laughs> nope. It wouldn't. Well, before we get into another argument. <laughs> Thanks for listening. This has been Better Worlds. Bye.
You guys don't say bye anymore, do you? I don't see a reason for all of us to say bye. That feels like a kid's TV show. Honestly, I feel like we could just end with thanks for listening. Okay, well, I'll just say bye for all of us. Bye. 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 What? (laughs) Did you just say bye two more times? (laughs) I'm just saying bye for all of us. (laughs)